Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Take After the Take. Today is Monday. The I have no idea the 30th, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's the 30th? We good. 29th. Ooh, I'm already projecting the dates in the future. It's the 29th. And I am here with my co-host, Michael Friends. What up, what up, what up, everybody? And our lovely mediator, Mrs. Amanda Keller Woods. Hi. How was y'all weekend? Very chill. You were with me, I Michael. Know. Michael, how was your weekend? Mine was good. Spent a lot of time. I was off the charts. I wasn't looking at anything. I had yeah. some quality time this weekend, so. You don't need to be on the charts. People that overlook at the chart. Now, just so, for viewers that know, Michael and I get the majority of our money from trading. So uh, this right here is what we're, what we're talking about. But you don't need to be looking at the charts every day. I don't look at the charts until Sunday before the market opens. And then... Me either, but I do trade crypto. So sometimes every once in a while, I may go peep it. I train the hype train. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's let's get into it. Let's get into it. That is my cue. All right, y'all ready? <laughs> yeah, we're ready. All right, Dante, you're gonna kick it off. Which NFC team can stop a Buccaneers repeat? Oh, we man. Okay, so the more and more I dive into this offseason, Mr. Friends, I continue to just evaluate everybody that's coming into the league. Still don't know what's gonna happen with the draft. Still don't know what's going to go on because uh, there still are cuts and moves to be made. People don't realize there is actually one more time that the NFL can cut people. That's in June sometimes. So I don't really know what's going to happen. But far as I know, the, the one team that I'm really confident about is that all 22 players are secured with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So with all 22 players being secured, and I'm not talking about 22 players, you guys out of the 52-man roster. I'm talking about all 22 starters are coming back. Then, then on top of that, Tampa Bay is the second – their defense is the second youngest defense, if not the first young – I think Arizona is number one with the moves they just made, but the second youngest defense that's in the league currently right now. So these guys are going to be on the contract for a long time. You brought back the GOAT, Tom Brady. We know they had some issues at the beginning of the season, but as we know, they were 7-5 and five and went on a ridiculous run towards the end of the year. The only team that I'm looking to, in the NFC, there's two teams actually. Well, now three. The Dallas Cowboys, the Green Bay Packers, and even though I want to say the Saints, I don't think it's going to be their year, but I'm going to throw a wild card in there, and you might appreciate this one, my man. The the Arizona Cardinals with what they're doing. So if there was going to be somebody to knock the Buccaneers off of the throne, I'm going to have to go with one of those three teams. And you actually chose my pick for the NFC, which is Arizona. Um, oh, nice. Oh, so yeah, we're on the same page with that. But I think we also have to have the caveat of if the rain stops in the NFC, now, if it stops at the Super Bowl, then we're talking about Kansas City possibly doing this. Right, right. right. Absolutely. So I, un until I'm proven anything differently, I have to suspect that Kansas City is always going to be a factor in the Super Bowl for the next year or two, if not three. With Patrick Mahomes back there, he's going to be, a, you know, it's, it's, it's a bright future. 
How many rings? The question and is how they many upgraded the left tackle position too. Yeah, they did, but they also lost a few a few big names, which is important to know. Right, right. right. So, with that being said, um, if it stops in the NFC, Arizona. If it goes to the Super Bowl, then I'm saying uh, Tampa Bay or Tampa Bay, uh, Kansas City. Kansas City. So, one of those two teams, depending on, like I said, where it stops, they could go all the way, repeat again. But, but that's the question hard. was, Mr. Friends, what NFC team? <laughs> well, Arizona. Arizona Cardinals. Okay. All right. Yeah. I, I mean, like you said, I agree with that. Um, I mean, especially with what they just did and what the moves that they just made. And the, you know, I they're gonna have a stout defense. You got Chandler Jones back there. I mean, the only thing that would make it is them bringing back the honey badger and sticking him back. And, and right, right. <laughs> but that offense though. With AJ Green now, like we've talked about, if that beca- if he becomes a factor on that offensive side of the field between him and DeAndre Hopkins, and I will give Kyler Murray the credit of actually being able to run, that you know he can he can scramble, get some open open passes. Did you still keep you getting that third that third and fourth receiver? They have two good young receivers that are coming up, so they're going to have a very viable. I think maybe a tight end to sure up the offense already, but I think they're going to be good. I think they would have, I think they're better off though. If they, if like solidified hundred percent is if they go get a more stud of a running back than Kenyon Drake. Yeah. Yeah. If they were able to uh, keep their previous tailback, did they trade for D hop? Then they would be good. All right. Next question, Michael, this one's for you. Are you turned off by the Blake Griffin and LaMarcus Aldridge? joining the Nets? Nope. I'm used to the Golden State <laughs> at all. So I'm used to it. It is what it is because all it is is this other teams trying to stack up against LeBron. So am I turned off by it? No, I actually get a little bit excited because it tells me, well, guess what? Guess who we're probably going to see in the finals as Laker fans or as a LeBron fan, guess who we're going to see in the finals should be the Nets. Doesn't mean that the Bucks can't do it. Doesn't mean yeah. the Sixers can't do it, but the expectation is that the Nets are going to be there. Right. You can even ask Vegas. They are now the favorites to win the whole thing. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have to suspect that the Nets are going to be there. Yep. So I look forward to it because if LeBron and Kyrie can take down a, a, a Golden State Warriors team, they were down one game to three then there's a possibility that this could happen all over again. And then to me, I actually think this was posed, this was posed as a question on Instagram last night. Uh If LeBron and the Lakers go to the finals and play the Nets and they beat the Nets, does this solidify him as goat? And absolutely. If it wasn't beforehand, it is after this. I don't care if these guys are in their prime or not. They still know how to play. Right. Blake Griffin is only not in his prime because the city of Detroit completely, the Detroit Pistons, that little sideshow that he had there, yeah, that ruined a lot of things for him. But can he get that back? Absolutely. LaMarcus Aldridge, same thing. San Antonio, it hurt him more than help him. He should have stayed in, in Portland, if you ask me. Between him, Dame Lillard, and CJ McCollum, they could have been even more deadly. But whatever. Either way, their last 10 years really hurt them to the point to where they're still basketball players. They're still considered as stars. Yeah. yeah. So I think that that's that next step. And it's like LeBron Lakers, let's get this because I'm tired of having this argument. Yeah. So 
for me, it's not the Nets. I'm not, I'm not turned off by the Nets, but I will say that I am turned off by players uh, building super teams. And what I mean by this is the competition, right? I think even Stephen A mentioned it on first take, like the competition is going away. But now I am going to go a little bit of a different direction than you because I don't feel like the Blake Griffin experience, like Blake Griffin is donking again. Blake Griffin is catching alley-oops again. I think that it's all system. It's all about the system. Dwayne Casey didn't have a good system for Blake Griffin. And then Blake Griffin, he was shooting a lot of three-points. And, and as Blake would say, he did it to uh, – because you're not going to play – not going to be able to be athletic your whole career. You're going to have to learn how to shoot the three, shoot the – you know, shoot a uh, inside jump shot inside the three-point line, right? 18-footer. You're going to learn. you got to have to do those things to progress your game. But Marcus Aldridge, now, when he went to San Antonio, he went there because, remember, keep in mind, Tim Duncan's last year, he, he thought that they were going to do another twin tower type thing, but Tim Duncan, because of personal reasons, decided to go ahead and call it quits because he was going through a divorce and some other stuff. So he decided to, like, go ahead, call it quits, and do his thing. So I don't blame the first few years with it, but I do blame these last few years because LaMarcus Aldridge, instead of taking the money, because Tim Duncan has been gone, right? I think he could have re-signed with Portland, like you just said, they did want him back. He could have gone another route. But the thing that that for me is, is that there were, there's a group, there's a few teams, right, that he could have gone to. How about Phoenix? Phoenix was very strong in that thing because of Monty Williams. Monty Williams spent time on the staff with the Spurs. So I think that if he would have gone to Phoenix, you know, competition. Now Phoenix is looking like, I mean, they're already looking good, but Phoenix is, they got that solid big man that can shoot. You can put him and DeAndre Aiden out there at the same time. Even if he would have gone, you know, because everybody, somebody brought up a very valid point today. Let's just say Blake Griffin and LaMarcus Aldridge would have gone to the L.A., right? Then we probably saying the same thing that we've been saying, that we're saying about the Nets, right? Because now you bring in those guys over there. It wouldn't make sense because of the type of uh, roster they have. <clears throat> but at the same time, you have these guys over here at the Nets. Now, they should get out of the East. But I don't think they're going to get out of the East. I, I honestly don't think they're going to get out of these. I'm in the minority. I know this. I think it's going to be between the Bucks and the Miami Heat. The Miami Heat, they were supposed to get LaMarcus. I, I remember sending you the tweet. I was like, what? Look, yeah. look what just happened, right? So they were supposed to get him, but it's just something about Eric Spoltra and the way he plays in the playoffs because it's all playoff in the playoffs most of the time, unless you're the Golden State Warriors. It is a half. It's a it's a half court game. The game slows down dramatically in the playoffs, right? That's why you're going to see point guards like Chris Paul shine. You're going to see people like Jimmy Butler shine again. I mean, he he can control the tempo. He can control the game. It wasn't a fluke that he got through the through the East like that. But I think Giannis is going to prove everybody wrong. They're good enough to do it. Now you have this team who should make it out of the Nets. And I'm just doing going with the minority here. I think it's going to be the Bucks or the Miami Heat. But the Nets should make it out of the East. So you, you brought up an interesting point that 
it was originally announced when we talked about it that he was probably going to go to the Heat. Mm-hmm. If he would have went to the Heat, I think that would have been a better look for him than going to mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. to the Brooklyn Nets. Because now, if it's not, we are trying to stack up against LeBron. Like, there's some conspiracy theory against LeBron. Forget that. What it also looks like is ring chasing, right? Yeah, I mean, he kind doesn't of have a ring. Like, Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. He doesn't have a ring. It's kind of like how I look at Kevin Durant. Like, if the, if for me, if, 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 if I see that the Nets win this, Kevin Durant then has the three softest rings in the NBA history. And it's just Absolutely. Gonna, right. Absolutely. This is how I saw him going to Golden State was the same exact situation. Right. So, yeah. I mean, call it what you want to call it. Cool. Glad some of them get their rings or whatever. But I also look at what they had to go against. And if, you know, you have teams that are, I mean, they have six, you know what I'm saying? They have, we haven't even talked about DeAndre Jordan still on the team. Yeah. Joe Harris, who's a lethal shooter. Right. Yeah. yeah. And it's like percentage-wise, the best three-point shooter in the NBA over the past few years. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. Like, oh my gosh, like what else do you need? Because all it is is a 36-year-old man sitting right across the other side of the of the country. You know, it's it's a 36-year-old man. Oh, don't get me wrong. There's AD as well. Right. 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 But you should be able to take that out with no problem. But that IQ is what's gonna is gonna probably be that difference. Yeah, and, and I don't care what anybody says, you know, um, unless you just have a loaded team like they do, you gotta do you gotta do what you can to stop a healthy LeBron James. I mean, it just it is what it is. We can call Michael Jordan like one of the greatest closers in the game, but as far as controlling the whole game, the, the whole entire game and, and the way it's played, LeBron James is is absolutely the best at doing it. All right. Next question is, do you think Andre Drummond was a good pick for the Lakers? Dante. Actually, I think it was a great pickup for the Lakers. I'm going to be, I'm going to be real on it, especially with them being hurt. Uh, it was a great uh, pickup. Now we're going to probably see the Andre Drummond over the first few years in Detroit. I think right now they're going to have to lean on him quite a bit. It's going to be an inside outside game. As we have seen, Kyle Kuzma is shooting the ball very well, but just now, when you when we throw that ball into Andre Drummond, right, he's going to be able to – and he's he's a big guy. He's a strong guy. He's a powerful guy. This guy still, besides his rookie year, has averaged double digits in rebounds, which is the reason why his lifetime rebounds are at eight at rebounds per game. So right now, Andre Drummond, I think – He's going to help them solidify the game. They're, they're a good enough team right now, which is the reason why I think that, and, and we talked about this before, and, and I have to correct myself from a previous uh, podcast, it's not 7 through 12, it's 7 through 10. So I think that, and right now, the Lakers are sitting at 5. It's a good chance that if Braun doesn't come back and AD doesn't come back, they fall into that 7th or 8th spot. And I'm telling you right now, I think it's a good look for the NBA because there's going to be some teams that actually get into the regular playoffs that I think that I think it's going to be a story for LeBron. Hey, I got into the play in tournament still did my thing because what we both know is that a healthy LeBron James and Anthony Davis now paired with another guy who can block shots. That's what they were missing. They were missing that JaVale McGee guy. They were missing that Dwight Howard guy. They have that guy. And plus, Believe it or not, even though in small ball, he's very good. AD is very good at the center spot at small ball. He hates playing the center spot. This moves him to the four where he's going to shine even more. 
And I think that once everybody is healthy, look out, Lakers are going to win it all. That's just my personal opinion. Well, and I agree with you because we've, we, we talked about this last week. Um, actually, it was last Wednesday. Um, what's coming up with the free agent market that it was ending, um, the buyout market, and all we had to do was wait for the official notification that Andre Drummond was going to the Lakers. It right. was a toss-up because there were talks that it could have been Boston Celtics. Boston. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, I mean, but there's everybody, I think, as far as media went and held on to a tweet from 2011. Do you remember what that, t- that tweet said? No. He said, it, it has always been a dream of mine to play with or against LeBron James. And he tagged King James on it, right? Wow. Now you got to think. He, Manifestation. He, right. Not a, well, but you got to think. He said with or against. And he played against LeBron James for multiple years while he was in Cleveland. Multiple right. times because they were in the same division, too. Right. right. But he hadn't had the chance to play with him. So yeah. media, the media has held on to that tweet. They went and dug it up, and it's like, oh, he's going to be the Lakers. He's the favorite is for the is the Lakers to sign him, and yeah. it manifested into that, which I think is great. Yeah, I loved him in Detroit when the draft happened in two thousand. What was it, twelve? When he got drafted, mm-hmm. I said, I want this kid because yeah. he is a double double machine, yeah. and it's not just your ten and ten. It was fifteen and twenty or fifteen and eighteen, right? Absolutely. And not just that, but. I don't think anybody realizes how young this kid is. Yeah. I think what 26? He only 27. He may only be, he only may, you know, only be 27 years old and a two-time all-star, but he still has his prime ahead of him. Yes. So if the situation in Detroit has gone down as bad as it has, where we were just talking about systems, Dwayne Casey's system did not work for Blake Griffin and that hurt the past few years. No. It didn't work for Andre Drummond, which is why that whole situation, he got moved on to Cleveland, right? Right. I think that he can revive his career and he could turn out kind of like the way Dwight Howard Mm -hmm. fell off. And then he actually had a productive year last year. Yes, he did. Right? That's the LeBron James effect. (laughs) And this is, well, there you go. And then he makes his teammates better. And then you've got now Andre Drummond, Andre Drummond, who is only 27 years old. He still has possibly 10 more years in this league. Nobody realized that he came into the league at 18, even after having one year of college. College, yep. True. Right? So it's going to be an interesting situation. I'm excited for it. I think that, to me, that cancels out. The situation with AD and Andre Drummond completely cancels out the ability of having Blake Griffin and LaMarcus Aldridge have any form of effect. Yeah, that. I agree, brother. I so agree. now we're down to three and one, right? You've got KD, James Harden, Kyrie Irving, and then you've got LeBron James. Well, then you've got other players that have actually been stepped up, stepping up, like Kyle Kuzma. When LeBron is on the floor, Kyle Kuzma is a different animal. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and and I think I think this is good for Kuz because you know Kuz. Let's just keep it honest. In the in the bubble, he was doing a lot of goofy shit. Like I mean, I mean, I didn't know what he was doing, but. You can tell he's the Kyle Kuzma he was when Kobe was working with him and, and come back. And I think LeBron has instilled that confidence in him. And I think LeBron was so standoffish with those young guys in the first year. I think now he's like coming, he's bringing everybody. And Kuz is the big thing because they're like, hey, we got to make you the third score because Kuz, and people forget in his rookie year, man, it was a few times he dropped 35, 
40 points. Like the kid. Yeah, he was just a rookie of the year. Yeah. So and until the uh the second half, I think he got hurt or something happened. But at the same time, Kuz is le- a legitimate score. So, you know, people gotta watch out for him. and and just and just I just wanna bring something up else up before we go to the next topic. Um Dwayne Casey, I love him as a coach, uh, but his offense is guard oriented. So yeah. when he when they made that move to bring him in, and then you have Blake there and Andre Drummond there, right? The, the there is the way the league is going down. You need to be able to shoot outside jump shots anyway. But I feel like Dwayne Casey's offense didn't allow. Blake to shine and Andre to shine, which is the reason why they ultimately got rid of those guys anyway. Right. I feel like this is Dwayne Casey's probably last year or maybe next year is his last year because it's just not, it's not working out right now. So I still think that Blake, even though he's a little bit older, has a lot in the tank. I think he's going to make some noise. And I feel like Andre, like you said, we have not seen what Andre Drummond's true potential is, but I guarantee you this, is going to go up, especially he's going to get the bag after this run because LeBron James, I, I guarantee you that. Yeah. And one point to your Dwayne Casey point real quick. Mm-hmm. If we look what happened, Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan, DeMar DeRozan's primary is shooting guard. Right. He's a shooting guard, small forward, but he's primarily a shooting guard. Right. Kyle Lowry has had a decent career, but he made his name underneath Dwayne Casey. Yes, he did. Look what happened to DeMar Rosen when he left. This is why it was such a big deal that Dwayne Casey got fired and they traded DeMar DeRozan because that combination of those two players under Dwayne Casey was actually really deadly. Yeah, it was deadly. Yep. And and they're doing the same thing to charge the guards that they have now. They're good. They're, mm-hmm. they're going to, they're young. Yep. They're going to be good. made a name for himself. Yeah. They're going to be good. Yep. Are you concerned with the system that the NBA has? with the buyout market do you feel like it's a disadvantage for small market teams michael uh no not at all because in the buyout market anybody has the opportunity to make an offer if they're on waivers if they clear waivers then hey you know like it's up to it's up to that player to decide where they want to go and that changed with lebron james making that decision Mm -hmm. to take that on and put the power back into the player's hands right Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the buyout market would have been different maybe 15, 20 years ago, right? But now it's not the NBA's fault that it is the way that it is, right? Yeah. You've got people like like Marcus Aldridge or even Andre Drummond wanting to go over to the Lakers and team up, right? This is their opportunity. But because these contracts, they, they're already bought out. These contracts are at minimum. Your small market teams can actually afford these players. Yes. It's just the player's decision not to go. So, right. you know, you have to be attractive in the setting, Nobody necessarily wants to go to, let's just say it out there, Oklahoma City, right? Nobody says, oh, I'm going to Oklahoma City today. No, they're going to be like, I want to go to the Lakers. I want to go to the Nets. I want to go to the Celtics, right? There's certain high market teams that are successful and give that player probably the better opportunity to win a championship. And that's what has revolved around over the past few years is in that case, let's see where the player chooses to go. If a small market team wants a player like that, they need to go ahead and actually bid within the waiver wire itself and take advantage of that. They might pay a little more, but hey, you still have that opportunity. Yeah, and 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 to your point, I agree with everything you just said. I will say this: I'm not concerned with the system that the NBA has. 
GMs need to not be upset about that. They need to be upset with LeBron James because this, once again, is the LeBron James effect, okay? Like, so you you can't you can't go there and say, okay, well, I'm concerned because this is the deal. Everybody's concerned with Blake Griffin, um, LaMarcus Aldridge, and also uh, Andre Drummond going to these three, these two teams, right? Well, you didn't want these guys before the buyout. There, there. You could have gotten a Blake Griffin, maybe traded for him if you wanted to, right? If you wanted to build your team around them or whatever. But people always want people, but not at the price, right? You, you brought up a very valid point. They probably would have had to come up with a little bit higher than the veteran minimum, uh, which is what was going on with Andre Drummond. A lot of teams were like interested in paying him a lot of money. He actually came out and said, "Man, I want to win," and he said his best chances were to go to the Lakers. That's how he felt. So I, I don't think it's uh, the system is flawed. Like, like you said, LeBron changed the game, but I think it has more to do. So more to do with now players. They know that if they're not with LeBron James, they're against LeBron James and we got to gear up to beat LeBron James. Right. But I'm going to tell you something that the, the last chess move that Le, if LeBron made, it just destroy the NBA. Okay. If he decided to go to Golden State to finish out his career with Steph Curry and Klay Thompson <laughs> and Draymond Green. Ain't nobody beating them. I'm going to be honest. I'm not even a Golden State fan, but I will become a bandwagon Golden State fan <laughs> if that would ever happen. They both know, hey, James, hey, man, do what you can to come here, man, because with us three, ain't nobody stopping us. Hey, Blake. Hey, bro, we already got Kyrie. This is James Harden, uh, Blake Griffin. Hey, we already got Kyrie and KD, bro. Come on over, bro. And then LaMarcus Aldridge. I don't know how that conversation went. I do know that there's a connection between him and KD because they both went to the University of Texas. So maybe that came into play right there. So at the same time, I would say, you know, maybe he said, all right, I'm going to come here. This is the job, though. You got to play. You got to go through the Eastern Conference, which would probably be pretty easy for you guys. But I'm not going to count Boston out. I'm not going to count the Bucks out. I'm not going to count the Heat out. But you got to face whatever juggernaut comes out of the West. And it ain't no bad teams in the West that are that are going to be in the playoffs. So, Well, and consider Boston, they just added somebody the other day, too, from the buyout market. I forgot who it was, but they just added somebody. Yeah, Evan, Evan Fournier is who they added. Yep. Yeah. Which so, that's just another score. He was his just his his scoring was being wasted in Orlando. Orlando needs a team. They're a team that needs a whole new GM, a whole new direction, everything. Well, the problem with this is they need to. We can we can talk about this uh, on the rebuild in Orlando, but I mean I feel bad for those Orlando fans, man, because every it seems like every three to five years they're rebuilding. <laughs> Agreed. All right. Next question. Does it make sense for the NFL to have 17 regular seasons games versus 16? You know what? Look, man, I love football. They might as well have 20 now. <laughs> 25. My, my, my wife knows I love football. Man, look, the more the merrier for me as a fan. But I do know there's a violent sport. I don't think it's any different. Like I never understood. I hate, I'm going to be honest. The only thing about football is I hate the preseason. I, I honestly hate the preseason. I don't even watch one. I'll watch, you know, the first drive in the preseason because, you know, you're going to see 
you know, this person, you're going to see the starters for that first maybe drive. And then as the other two games progress, right. I think it needs to be maybe a longer like training camp, like in college and stuff. We, we get like two weeks, whatever the case may be two a days last for a while. I think that it should go to some type of system right there. That way these guys can be ready. I know they have rules and stuff when they get up into the NFL, but I think the more the merrier. I think that if you're an NFL player, you got to look at it like this. If you add a couple more games, that those first those first four games mean nothing. They're just warm-up games, right? So I think by you dropping, which they will, I think they're going to go up to 18 games. I'm not going to – I'm just being honest. I think the NFL is going to go to 18 games. They've been playing 16 since the year I was born in 1978. So – this is not the first time that this has happened, everybody. Like, they've gone up over the years. They went from 6 to 12 to 14 to now 16 regular season games, right? So, at the – Six would be nice. Bring <laughs> that back. Um, so, at the same time, that's because they only had a different amount of people. Uh, I mean, different so amount of teams. teams yeah. yeah, they didn't have a lot of teams. So <laughs> – the more and more teams when the AFL and the NFC in the NFL joined, right? And all the AFL is mostly is just the AFC teams that were over there. So at the at the same time, you know, I'm looking at it as I think the more the merrier. So I mean, I understand that you can get hurt and stuff like that, but this is a game that I look at it like this. If you're if you're a player that wants to become a star because the stars don't have anything to worry about. I think this gives the guys, I think the roster is going to be bigger. Uh, they're going to make the roster. So the roster cuts are going to go from, you know, 70 to whatever the 52, I think it's going to go. I mean, I think they might end up keeping 60 people uh, heading to the future of this day. I think it gives a lot more opportunity if you have a lot more regular season games, because you know that that's going to bring the most revenue. So I think it actually helped the players in the long. So for me, I'll be honest, I I don't give a shit about one game. (laughs) (laughs) And and there's multiple reasons. So they have one, if not two games that are expendable in the preseason because no starter plays in the fourth game. Nope. Right. And I think that's why they, I think that's what they're going to be doing is they're getting rid of the fourth game and they're adding a game to the regular season. Right. 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 So fine, cool and dandy as a fantasy football player. Oh, I love that. Right. Mm-hmm. It gives me a better chance. And, you know, if I'm if I'm down and I have a, a playoff spot that could be coming up and resides on one more game, I get one more shot. Right. So as a fantasy football player, love it. Cool. But as an NFL fan, yes, I love it. It's another game um, with starters that could mean something. But then think about this. If you have a team that is, let's say, 12 and four and they've wrapped up their whole division, do they even play or 12 and three? Do they even play that that 16th game of the season? Probably not. No. Sit down. So if that's the case, you're adding a game to the season, but your starters are the ones that are complaining and the starters are the ones that are sitting on both of those games. So what does it matter? Right. It doesn't. I think it's pitching. It cancels each other out. Now they could possibly get rid of the third game, um, which does have starters playing for at least the first drive. And that's it. Yeah. The first half is usually the first game, first quarter, is the second game, first drive is the third, nothing on the fourth. Cool, right. dwindles down to protect them. I get right. it. So they could throw the third game out at an 18th game. I could see that happening, which is what you were talking about here. 
Um, but let's also consider this. We had a COVID, sh- a COVID shortened season last year yep. and there was no preseason and starters were getting killed every week. Yeah. Again, hurt left and right. right? So it is very important for a preseason, at least two to three games. So then this way, the games that don't count, those teams and GMs have the ability because this is a, fi- a violent game and you don't know who's going to get hurt when they have the ability of giving one more week to say, let me go get a replacement, whether it's a free agent that's out there or whatever it may be in a different environment where they can say, okay, if it's after the first week, let's go sign this person, bring them in. They can practice and we can try them out the next week. If a, if a stud quarterback gets hurt, you get to practice your, your backup at least one more week. Right. So preseason can be very, very, very important, but we don't, I don't think we need four games to determine that for starters. I agree. 49ers acquired third pick from Dolphins, who then traded 12th pick to the Eagles to move up to the sixth. Which team is a bigger winner of the trades, Dolphins, 49ers, or the Eagles? And it's down the 49ers. Hmm. And it's because, yes, they fell out of the third, out of the third pick, right? Yeah. They went down to 12 and came right back into six. Mm-hmm. They gained a third round pick from this year, along with a couple extra picks. I think when we were talking about this on text, you said they they could be the Boston Celtics of the NFL, right? Yeah. yeah. All these picks and rebuild your team. The downside, though, is that if they're going to go for a replacement in Garoppolo, mm-hmm. you're kind of throwing darts at this point because the top three could be gone. And then we don't know what happens at pick four and five. And then what happens if you're left at six and your goal was a quarterback? Right. I think right. There was a hope that one of one of these other two gentlemen, who was it, Zach? Uh, we were just talking about them the other day. Zach Wilson. Yeah. Yeah. Zach Wilson and, and Trey Lance. Right, and Trey Lance. That one of those guys is going to fall to number six, but you could have a surprise move, especially based on this now, to see who's going to shoot up to number four. Uh, number four. Right. Five, right. Before the 49ers get to take their Jimmy Garoppolo placement. Right. So right. if that's the case, you know, they're taking they're, they're, they're taking a chance on it, but they did gain enough to still rebuild their team in certain aspects high enough in the rounds. Right. And they've got weaponry to say, hey, let's put this package together of all these picks and give me your uh, whatever position it is, your quarterback, your wide receiver. And they do what the Rams have done and what the Falcons have done when they went to go get Julio Jones and when the Rams went and got, who was it? Uh, You can put packages together with all those picks. Everybody loves picks, 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 because again, we haven't talked about it, but that rebuilding process makes them very important. So I don't know. I think the Niners uh, win the whole thing. As far as that package goes, that's my take on at least the Niners side. The first 12 picks, right? I'm going to say the first 10 picks, right? you're kind of looking on the outside in if you don't get inside the first 10 picks because those first 10 picks are good. I don't, don't, I don't necessarily think they're going to take a quarterback. They may. Um, but at the same time, I think the Eagles won. Uh, I'm just going to say the Eagles because the Eagles obtained more draft picks, right? The Eagles, they, they, they're going to get a first. They're going to they're have first. They're not going to – the Eagles are in full rebuilding mode right now. So I think – by them picking up the extra draft picks that they did, the Dolphins swapping with the Dolphins, going down to six and, and them going, you know, in the 12, but they're going to get, they're going to get also, because the Dolphins actually have, you know, they had their first round pick, 
that's number six. And then they don't, I don't think they choose again for like a while in the drafts because they gave us some draft choices. But I think the Eagles, I think it's going to be good for them because now they get an opportunity to write the ship for those fans coming off a Super Bowl, doing what they did. I think if they draft the right way and they're going to need some receivers, okay? I think they're going to need receivers. The defense is pretty solid. People don't talk about it. They're under the radar, which is a a lot of the time the NFC East does sweep teams underneath the radar during a period of time. The only team that talked about the most are the Dallas Cowboys every single year of the Dallas Cowboys, right? But at the same time, I like the 49ers getting the third pick. I, I feel like it was something they had to do because if they don't get that third pick or that sixth pick, the 49ers, they, they're, they're kind of cocky with it. They're like, you know what? We know that we're going to be good and we're going to be able to sustain the level of competition that we have. So they said, I'm going to do this, but this is very important. They got to make sure they make the right decision and the right choice because I don't agree with the Jets taking Zach Wilson. If they take Zach Wilson, I don't think, I don't think that would be smart. I think because they got Sam Darnold. It doesn't make sense. Sam Darnold is a good quarterback. Not going to say great yet, but I can see somebody like Trey Lance or Zach Wilson, maybe perhaps. And and like we talked about before, man, I don't even feel like Trevor Lawrence. I feel like from a, oh my God, I better take this guy standpoint. I don't want to lose out on him. You know, Trevor Lawrence is the safest pick, but is he the better quarterback pick? I don't think so. If I'm Urban Meyer, man, I'm going with a guy that knows my system that you can translate to the NFL. I'm going with Justin Fields all day long because they they evaluate Justin Fields, and Justin Fields actually has shown on film that he is more than just an athletic quarterback. He can read defenses. He knows how to read the field. So if I'm Urban Meyer, I go that. I don't necessarily go with Trevor Lawrence. I mean, think about how the Portland Trailblazers felt. When they missed out on Michael Jordan <laughs> and, Kevin Durant. and Kevin Durant. Right. So that's all I'm saying. Like they picked Greg Oden ahead of Kevin Durant, <laughs> man. Just think, can you imagine KD and Damian Lillard? Like CJ McCollum. Ooh. And CJ, man. Think about the teams that didn't take those guys. Though, they could have blazed some trails. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, real quick, um, staying on this topic for a second, though. Um, I do see the Jets actually taking Zach mm-hmm. only because when we're talking about this whole rebuilding phase, they're ready to give up on Sam Darnold. So he may still be over there, but the big talk of everywhere, even I was just looking at Pro Football Talk, which is by Dean Blandino and a couple, I think Dean Blandino's on there, and a couple other major NFL network reporters. Sam Darnold has three, there's three potential trade destinations for him. And I think that the Jets get rid of him now while he still has some form of value based on his age and he gets moved somewhere for someone like Zach Wilson to come in. So I don't know. It's, it's all along those lines of that whole rebuilding process. And we got to have that episode on it because it's very interesting the way that these teams are just giving up on players. So yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think, I guess let me throw this this question back to you. If you go, if you're, if you're the Dolphins, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. do you take Micah Parsons then at number three? Ooh, man! You know what? 
I think you almost have to if you're the Dolphins. I mean, you know, I mean, but maybe that's what they're still going to do at six. They just didn't want to pay the money, you know. Um, Either that or, you know, who caught they who caught wind of what he wasn't going to last to six. So, oh, let's let's move up to three. The 49ers are willing to give that up. But let's say he falls. Let's say the Dolphins do something that the Dolphins have been doing over the past couple of years, and that's draft horribly outside of Tua. I'll get he hasn't shown me anything yet. Oh no, no, hold on. Since Flores has well gotten there, it. since Flores has gotten there, that past two drafts have not been well. Right. Prior to that, though, right. it's been horrible. Right. You know, first round pick wise. If they decide to do something off the charts and go get somebody different, does and let's say either Trey Lance or Micah Parsons is there at six for San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Trey Lance or Micah Parsons. If you're San Francisco, look, you bring up a very valid point. I don't think they need a quarterback. I think you stay with Jimmy G and you work on getting an offensive line. I think you get a lineman, but I think you're right. I think he's one of those guys that you're not going to want to pass up on. But it's kind of interesting that you brought that up because I didn't think about that. But Brian Flores is probably looking to add him to that 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 defense, right? So um, I would hope so because they need they need a pass rusher like that. Yeah, I mean, and this is this is the the, the situation you and I were talking about when we, when he got brought up a four three nine forty from an outside linebacker. Yeah. Yes. Are you kidding me? That is unheard of. Right. We did talk about speed and how much it is needed, and it's not necessarily needed off of those those lines like that. Like the forty doesn't necessarily matter when you're only talking about five yards in between, right? It's how fast you come off that line. But I don't know. You can't tell me that four three nine isn't very impressive when it comes to an outside linebacker. Well, his shuttle is also fast too. People not put bringing that up and the shuttle right. is is quick so his shuttle is also i mean the dude is a phenomenal athlete i mean if it if it's if it's me i mean you bring a very good point i think i think you can't pass up on him you know yeah. I, I i mean i wouldn't take him number one with jacksonville jacksonville does need a quarterback 110 you need a quarterback you need your guy um they have some solid players but they got rid of a lot of people the jets for example they don't need a quarterback. If I'm the Jets, I'm taking Michael Parsons. I mean, the, I'm just gonna keep it keep it real. I'm I'm going to take him because you gotta. And I like what you said. You brought up the rebuilding phase. They did. They are probably if you if you trade Sam Darnold in the draft or you trade him, you know, right now you will get more back from him. So I'm, that's a point that nobody has brought up yet. I'm interested to see. Who's going to take, I mean, I don't know what teams out there. I mean, you can think about the Carolina Panthers, the Houston Texans, like right now with the Deshaun Watson situation, um, you know, why not trade him up there? Because just in case something bad happens and you have a solid quarterback for your Houston franchise. Right. So for me, I mean, there's a lot of teams that he can go to. I mean, Sam Darnold, is a, what about him learning underneath? Uh, uh, no, uh, I would say Tampa Bay. Oh, and t- under yeah, behind Tom Brady. Behind Tom Brady. I mean, like, look what happens if he go there and sit for a couple of years? They made a trade, get him uh, there for a couple of years, man. Like, why not? 
You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, if I'm if I'm Sam Darnold, he he's made lots of money from his rookie contract. If that's why I talked about the last week. If I am a, I don't want to come into a team. If I'm Trevor Lawrence, I'm saying the only way I'm going to Jacksonville is if y'all bring in a veteran behind me so I can kind of watch the game. See, this. I'm not trying to get on the field and get killed at the beginning of the year. You think he pulls the Eli Manning then? I mean, he could. I, he doesn't have. I want to play in San Diego. <laughs> well, well, he doesn't have the first family of the NFL with him. I mean, you know, he doesn't have that pull. So right. I know that that's that was all the Archie Manning pull right there. Like, no, my son not playing there. You know, um, which is crazy. But we'll bring up that uh, on another point because that's actually going into this question. And I'm glad you brought up Eli Manning. <laughs> all right, John Mara said. Daniel Jones is a Super Bowl caliber quarterback. We can win the Super Bowl. I can say that without hesitation. Do you agree? Duante? Hell no. And I'm going to just tell you this right now. Hell no. No, no. Look, okay, come on, man. Besides a really good year at Duke, nobody knew about this dude. Nobody cared about this cat. He had a pretty good NFL year, but any quarterback, anybody that trips themselves on a break to the end zone trips himself. Okay. He tripped himself. I'm going to say it again. He tripped himself and caused his own tackle to score a touchdown. Hell no. No, this is no way he's going to get there now. They let Eli, they shook poor Eli out too soon, in my opinion. Okay. Now, is this the team to have an Eli Manning on? They actually did Eli a favor. Eli, wherever you are, when you get to see this episode, you need to be thanking your lucky stars because that offensive line was the worst offensive line in all of football. Okay. One, we know he's not Lamar Jackson. Two, we know he's not Patrick Mahomes. Doesn't scramble that well. He can run. Okay. But anybody, hey, if you put a couple of pit bulls out to me, my wife would tell you, I run just as fast as some of these guys in a straight line, right? Got to be agile. We know that he's not agile because he tripped himself going to a scoring a touchdown and he broke away. Okay. So my thing is, I know he has to be confident and maybe he's deflecting because they can't draft a quarterback this year. They can't get one of those top quarterbacks, but I really think that they believe that they have that, that blue collar type of work attitude they're going to get Saquon Barkley back they got pretty good receivers I like Judge as a head coach but man if you don't drop the if you don't draft a couple of linemen in this draft it ain't no way you should start talking about Super Bowl that's just my take on that I completely agree and I'm gonna I'm gonna just <laughs> echo your sentiments 100% hell no right <laughs> we 100% agree on this now Daniel Jones had a couple of interesting games coming out of the gate. Right, so right. He had some wins. He had some, what, three touchdown, no interception games. He was looking like, oh, well, maybe the Giants have something here, right? <laughs> right. But I'm going to give you another New York name that had one of these flash in the pans. Any idea who it is? A flash in the pan. Um, New York, was he a quarterback? It's not even NFL. Oh, Really? Yeah. Was it NBA? Yep. Um, a flash in the pan. 
I'm going to say, and you're not talking about Melo, are you? No. I'm talking about Jeremy Lin. Okay. Jeremy Lin. Lin went on a, yes. He went on a streak and had for the, like, I guess what is it, the first five games of his career? He's got the most points ever scored by somebody in their first, right? It was crazy. It was 40 points here, 35 here, 45, right? Just boom. But what happens with Lin Sanity? And then all of a sudden he comes back down to earth. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I'm not going to say he wasn't productive, but he was not Lin Sanity ever since then. He made his career after that off of that start. Oh, and yeah. I feel that's what Daniel Jones is doing. Yes. He had a good start to his career, but it's not fulfilling anything now. And now it's like, oh, he tripped himself before he gets into the end zone. So you're talking about agility, right? Let's see what happens next time he's in that situation. Instead of being like, yo, get to the sideline because you can't run, my guy. <laughs> it's like, let's give him another chance. Oh, let's give him another chance, right? Right, right. He had some horrible games last year. Yes. And, and it's like, now you're talking about Super Bowl. So there's two sides to it. Either A, he was one of those with the Lynn Sanity effect, right? Or do I dare say that John Mar is literally just selling his New York Giants a, a placebo? Yes. Because they don't, they can't get a quarterback, because they know they're going to be either third or fourth within the NFC East, and because the only player on offense that they really have that's good is Saquon Barkley, you try and deflect and say, hey, Daniel Jones is this, is is he selling Daniel Jones as a product that is just not good? Is he overselling? And I think that's a little bit of both. Um, but I just see Daniel Jones' career overall. I laughed when they picked him. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Well, hey, what, it, it, was, it was better than, than the alternative who's not in the NFL right now. So True, true. <laughs> it's like what, what happens? With, I think New York overall is just a – they're 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 gonna end up like the Jets, but in the NFC, where we were sitting here talking about rebuild, 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 yeah. rebuild, and it's gonna be year after year after year after year. Well, not only that, you gotta look at the two teams, and the and now we can say Eagles, right? You gotta you gotta look at right now the Dallas Cowboys and the Redskins. I mean, the Redskins have a solid defense, and then their offense. All they need, I mean, honestly, let's see what Ryan Fitzpatrick does, but. When are they going to win a damn Super Bowl? I mean, when, what year are they going to win a damn Super Bowl? What year are they going to win the East? You got right. is Dak? Are we talking about a situation where Dak Prescott is not in the NFL no more? Are we talking about a situation we don't know what the Eagles going to do or be? But we do know that the Washington Redskins are heading in the right direction, right? But then you got Tom Brady. You also got the Saints, who are always competitive. You got the Packers, who have always competitive. Vikings come out of nowhere. The it's NFC South, yeah, Cardinals. The I mean, you got the Hawks, you got the 49ers. Yo, hell no. When are you gonna win the Super Bowl, Mar? That's all I'm saying about Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> NCAA, were you shocked or not surprised by the teams left in the Elite Eight? And who are your final four picks? Mm. So we've got to expect that there's going to be some Cinderella's, right? We don't have any 15s in there, 15s or 16s, right? But you've always got to expect that someone over the past few years, someone's always made it. So I'm surprised by the rankings of the teams that are in there. Yeah. No, not at all. But am I surprised by some of the teams? Absolutely. Like Oregon State, 
what are you doing here? <laughs> right? Right. Oregon State, are you serious? No. Like, it's, it's just, it's weird to see Oregon State and then to see UCLA come up the way that that's the shocker for me. Yes. Okay. So those two teams are double digit, double digit ranked, which are the surprise teams. But as far as everybody else, I mean, you're sitting here with Michigan at a number one, Gonzaga at a number one that's still here. Uh, Baylor, who's a number one. But I think it's cool just to call this out along the lines of Oregon State. We've got two Pac-12 teams that are in there, which I'm an ASU fan. So it's good to see that there's Pac-12 being represented fairly well. When in past years, it has been, what was it? The year that U of A lost to a number 15 team and they were a number two. That was like two, three years ago, right? Right. They were high. The Pac-12 lost everybody in like the first round. So it's good to see that come up. But three out of my number one teams are still there. My final four, my my final four picks are going to be Gonzaga, Baylor, Michigan, and I would say, I mean, it's a toss up with Oregon State and Houston. The expectation would be Houston, um, but I mean, you could throw it there. I would actually say the way that they're playing, I would go Oregon State. Yeah, so that could be another upset. My final four actually, um, my my bracket did get screwed up because I did have Illinois there and loyal Chicago beat those guys out. So I'm looking at the Baylor. I had Baylor, Michigan, Gonzaga getting there. Um, so those aren't, those are not surprises to me. Right. But I also didn't have UCLA getting there. I'm gonna be honest. I did not have UCLA getting to elite eight. Um, that, that game was shocking to me because how good that, it just tells you that you just got to play the game because Alabama has some shooters and they could not shoot the ball. If they, if they shot like they normally shoot UCLA, not winning that game. What was surprising to me is after overtime, like how smart UCLA played and, and Alabama still was trying to crank the three pointers and shoot the three pointers instead of getting the, uh, the two. Right. So my final four pick, you know, my surprises are Oregon state, and UCLA, but it's like we talked about. I think that the 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 way college basketball is heading, you're going to see a lot of this. You're not going to you're going to see a lot of teams now. Everything is balanced, you know. You're going to see a lot of teams that a lot of teams that have camaraderie like Oregon State and UCLA just have solid good players. You're going to see those teams start to take out. Now, I will say this because Gonzaga. It's always been a team that had good players. I will say that it makes sense now that the 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 blue bloods aren't there anymore, like Kentucky, Duke, Kansas, right, North Carolina, all those things. If they don't win the the championship this year, it's gonna be it's gonna be the biggest. It's gonna be the biggest. Like I mean, I mean, it's gonna be the biggest disappointment probably in college basketball, but anything can happen. I think it'd be only the biggest disappointment if Gonzaga doesn't because they have such a star set of team. Um, of course, speaking about, you know, the, the major signing and bringing in of Jalen Suggs, who was led that team, like you wouldn't believe, but because of the way that the season played, they didn't lose. I don't think if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, they didn't lose one game by less than 20 points. Mm-hmm. Right. So you have that physical dominance over every single game, and then all of a sudden you lose the national championship. It shouldn't be that way at all. 
you know, so it's, it's going to be very interesting the way that this goes down. I mean, we talked about the hope of like the blue bloods, not, you know, being a little bit differently where, you know, it could make this fairly even as far as the tournament goes, but we have three number one teams out of the four that are still in it. Yeah, that's true. Right? Yeah. So when I think of that, like, okay, I think Arkansas, Arkansas was good this year. But I think them going against Baylor, I think Baylor is going to manhandle those guys. Like, I'm sorry to a couple of people that are my, my Arkansas fans that I know. But, you know, it's, I, I think it still comes down to two number ones that are going to be in the final. Now, in that case, the question gets thrown back, really, how even was it? Yeah, we had some upsets throughout the whole tournament. We haven't necessarily had an upset where Alabama at a number two loses to an 11 this late, right? Right, right. Either you lose fairly early to the 15s as Cinderella's or they end up not making it to the Elite Eight or they end up going a little further. Right. But what tends to, to just make me think of this and like why this is just so interesting to me is, well, UCLA killed Alabama like yeah. on – every aspect in overtime. Yeah, they did. And that was the separation of the game itself. So when it comes down to it, really how good was Alabama? Did they deserve a number two? So how even is this whole thing? You know, like, did they just get a number two because it just fell into their lap, right? Well, they won or, the SEC. I mean, they... Or do we still have pure dominance within some of these teams where the excitement is through the tournament, not going to be the championship game? That's why it's going to be for me, interesting to see how they, they tackle this every year after this. Yeah, and for me, I feel like if Baylor gets to the championship, I think they're going to beat Gonzaga. Even though uh, I know Gonzaga is the favorite, I feel like uh, once those guys – and they're not shooting that well, so hopefully they shoot well in this game. They're going to have to against Arkansas because if they don't, they're not going to make it past well, Arkansas. Gonzaga still has to get through Michigan if Michigan beats UCLA. That's true, and and – and that's a turned around team thanks to Jawan Howard. Yeah. Um, and you know, like I said, my bracket was busted, but I, I feel like Gonzaga can get past Michigan um because they that team matches up very well. But I I just if, if they get past Gonzaga, Michigan is winning at all. I mean, but at the at the same time, um, if Gonzaga do what they supposed to do, I think Baylor goes there and then they have a chance of upsetting them. All right. Even though Jazz are the number one seed, Doc Rivers said the teams to beat are the Clippers and the Lakers. Who should be the most disrespected in the West? Dante. Man, so um, <laughs> if I'm in the West right now, I mean, the number one team in the West right now should be disrespected. I mean, the Utah Jazz, you know, like, um, but at the same time, I see what Doc Rivers is saying. You know, he's saying that you know, a healthy LeBron James and a Ty Lu, who we know can coach in the playoffs, right? So you have those two coaches, you have that coach. And I'm not going to discount Frank Vogel, who, who is a defensive mastermind. I mean, look what he did in the NBA finals. Like he knows what he's doing. So I don't, I just think for Phoenix and those guys, they've been out of the playoffs for a long time. So I feel like Phoenix is just going to be, scratching the surface with what they can do, even though I do feel that if LeBron and AD are hurt, they can, they can make the biggest splash. I, I, I mean, Chris Paul has an open window of those two are hurt um, in, in the West, but the team I feel like should be the most disrespected is probably, I'm going to say 
I'm gonna say Utah or 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 Phoenix. Does the jazz fans do jazz hands in the stands? I have no idea. Can you do them? Do, the, do them for the camera so everybody knows what jazz Michael hands is are. Doing it. Michael is doing. Pure nice. <laughs> fingers. So my take on this is literally that nobody should feel disrespected. Mm. Nobody should. Let's not forget, Ty Lue is actually over in L.A. with the Clippers. Jason Kidd is the assistant coach over with the Lakers. Yeah. So you've got somebody, you've got a coaching staff over in L.A. Let's just call it L.A. because it's both teams. You have coaching right. staffs that are good. You have teams that are deep, right? It's it's a surprise. Nobody said, hey, Utah is going to be number one this late in the season. Nobody said oh, that. Oh, I knew that. You're right. You're right. And in fact, it was a joke that LeBron picked up who was it, Rudy Gobert and uh, Donovan Mitchell, last in the whole all-star draft, right? Because right. like he's saying, when you play the game, when you play 2K, nobody picks the Jazz. Right. Yeah, they yeah. don't. So is it a great story? Absolutely. Like, it's cool to see players. Like, I've always loved Rudy Gobert. I think he's great Right. Um, at, his, at his spot. I think he plays his role. I think the team is a bunch of role players that know what they're supposed to do. And as my first love being the Detroit Pistons, especially looking at the 04 Pistons, that was like we've said, a team of no absolute superstars. Hold on. Donovan Mitchell is on that team, sir. Donovan Mitchell is a superstar. I get uh, I'm uh, not calling him a superstar. He's not a role no. player. Get I'm not calling that. I'm not calling him a role player, yeah, but I'm not calling him a superstar either. Hey, two-time all-star. So, you know. Do you and- consider Andre Drummond a superstar? Well, Andre Drummond is not the same same caliber. I'm just saying, do you consider him a superstar? Right now, in this day and time, okay? Now, a few years ago, Andre Drummond was a superstar. Or I'm heading right, now. right here, right now. Right now, Donovan Mitchell is a superstar. Donovan Mitchell leads the league in scoring. And that's fine and dandy because James Harden has led the league in scoring and has done nothing outside of win and MVP. That's it. Yeah, but I, I will say this. Houston wasn't ever number one either in those standings. The Jazz no, they, are That's because Golden State was there. My, my, my point to my question was you're talking about a two-time All-Star. Well, you're talking about two-time All-Star and Andre Drummond as well. So Same thing, though. Not the same thing. Yeah. No. There's, there's, one's career is shorter, so two years is a little bit different on Donovan Mitchell's side. But let's also think of the team that he has. And this is why, like, I think Donovan Mitchell is the Rip Hamilton of the Pistons, which I think Rip Hamilton was the biggest star out of all five of those starters, mm-hmm. right? So that's your Donovan Mitchell. But Donovan Mitchell isn't Donovan Mitchell without Rudy Gobert. No, but Donovan Mitchell is like Dwayne Wade in the Miami Heat. Before Shaq got there. That's to me even pushing it a little bit. No, that, but that is what everyone compared, who everyone compares him to as well. Right. He, I think that's a quick comparison in his yeah. career. So I don't, I don't believe that because when Rudy Gobert, Gobert was hurt, uh, was in COVID last year in the playoffs, there was no Rudy Gobert. And guess who was stepping up in the playoffs? Guess no. who went tick for tack with Jamal Murray in that right. game? Yeah, you you cannot call Don, Donovan Mitchell is not a role player. He this dude is on the. We're gonna have this conversation. Watch, you're gonna you're gonna see what I'm talking about. Donovan Mitchell, Donovan Mitchell 
will have the opportunity to become the MVP. Andre Drummond has never had that opportunity. No, that I would give oh, you. I was just, I was literally focusing around two-time All-Star. To me, two-time All-Star, when you reach five and above, that's telling me something. But he's still young. He got plenty. Of, he definitely I, will be I there next year. I'm not taking that away from him. He will be there next year. Think, I don't think he's reached superstardom yet. Okay, once he, once, he gets, once he gets this third one, he'll be huh? a superstar. A lot of a lot of players don't don't get three all star votes. So three all star games. So if he gets three all stars, three all star games, he is definitely a superstar. So we can talk about that next year. But right now, right here, he is a star. Yeah, he, I'm not putting super in front of that until I see accolades that give me these superstars. But Rudy Gobert has no bearing on his success because we saw that what he can do without Rudy Gobert in the playoffs. In the bubble. Hey, in the playoffs. Right. And I get that. But also, Jamal Murray Jamal Murray is good. But should Jamal Murray have also had that type of playoff se- uh, second season? Absolutely not. But, hey, yeah, the bubble is different. And maybe these guys aren't playing well, but Devin Booker is still balling out. And Devin Dunham- Booker's always been a... Devin Mitchell, everyone said Donovan Mitchell's just balling out because of the bubble. Guess what, ladies and gentlemen? He's still balling out right now. I give, I, I, he's hooping, he's hooping, but I, I'm not ready to give him super yet. Okay. I'm not ready to give him super. Okay. Right now, to me, he's the star on the team. He's the focus I, of the team. I will agree he's a star, but he will be a superstar. I guarantee. And they have, they have a good, solid team all around. Yeah. So no, I mean, that's not his fault. You do, I'm not, hold on. Was Dirk Nowitzki? Was I think Dirk Nowitzki really heard by me saying this? Hold on. Was Dirk Nowitzki? They're related. A star or was, a superstar? Dirk Nowitzki was a superstar. Absolutely. And did he have a good team around him? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Which is the reason why they beat a heavily talented Kobe <laughs> Bryant team. The Jazz. Have a the good top team. ten scorer of all time. We're not talking about Donovan Mitchell. Hold yet. on, all I said is but, that no. But my 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 point is is that tell your cousin I said that he cannot. <laughs> you cannot blame Donovan Mitchell because these you weren't calling this team good last year. No, we're, the same no, players. The same players. They have O'Neal. They have Jordan Clarkson. They didn't add anybody but Derek Favors. So what? What? No, anything away from Donovan Mitchell at all, my man. That's what I'm saying. Don't get offended. I'm not. I'm not offended. What I'm saying to you is that Donovan Mitchell is. I agree with you. He's not a superstar, but he is definitely a star and somebody to be reckoned with. Watch. Just wait to the playoffs. The the Utah Jazz should be the most disrespected because they are actually built for the playoffs. Watch. And they could be, but they're not built for a championship. Yes, they are. No, not at all. They, they don't. They don't have the experience for that. Okay, we'll see. They don't have the experience for hey, that. So yes, the hey, Clippers did, have did, people. Did Dwayne Wade have experience for the championship when Sha- they got Shaq the first year in Miami? Shaq got it. Shaq brought that. that, that but that that Shaq was at the end of his career. Look at the veterans that were on that team. Okay. Okay. You have a coaching staff in both LA teams. You have lineups with superstars like LeBron, AD, and Kawhi and Paul George. Okay. That have experience. 
<laughs> and you don't have that in Utah. So are they a experience doesn't always experience doesn't always have to come into play. Bro, XP means a lot, bro. XP means you play 2K. How much XP helps you level up? You play 2K, you have to get XP to make your player better. You only get XP by experience. You don't get it by sitting on the bench. Your player doesn't do anything in my career. Right. So it definitely means something. Well, experience definitely means something. Uh, no, so, I, I get it, but they they know. I believe that when, while playing in the bubble, they've learned what it takes to win. And, I, and this is just an anomaly year. I mean, I'm just telling you right now. If if the like, look, I think the Lakers still are going to win it all. But I'm just saying, don't discount the Jazz. The Jazz are going to be a sleeper. I think I put it to you like this: the Jazz can beat the Clippers in the seven game series. I'll give you that. I'll give yeah, you that. Because Paul George, he can go as cold as ice. And with LeBron James and Anthony Davis in the in the in the in the lineup earlier this year, the Jazz blew them out. I know it's regular, a playoff. Let's talk I regular. know it's regular season. I and get that. The Clippers just added Rajon Rondo. Rajon Rondo has XP on a championship court too. Hey, just wait, just wait, brother. <laughs> you guys said superstar, like. 85 times. Superstar. Superstar. <laughs> Sometimes I put my hands I was just in my armpits and I smell them. Oh my God. Movie. Is it weird that I used to think she was hot? You do think she's yeah, yeah, he does. No, she, has, she has something about her in television. There's something about her, man, that's just really hot. I don't know what it is, but she's hot. I, I like her. Yeah. All right. Last question before final takes. And I, I think these are superstars for sure. <laughs> Do Katie, Kyrie, and James Harden need to win a title or will this season be a bust? Would it be nice if they did for them? Yeah, but I always I always give stars, superstars, I always give superstars at least a season to gel together. Right. And I learned that from 2011. Mm-hmm. not one not two not three not four not five not six right we all went through that and it's right. like Ooh, wait a minute guys hold on you guys only got two out of that and yes i i am talking about lebron and the heatles right. they were so cocky that they called themselves the heatles yeah the heatles absolutely right? yeah so it's like yo you guys you have a pass if they're gonna lose it's got to be this year yeah, you're gonna stay. If they're gonna stay together, if they're gonna lose, it has to be this year. Also, because of what the Heat did, the Heat then went back to the drawing board, fixed what they needed to fix. They came back and won championships the next two years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, if you go one, two, and then the third years, you know, no, you you're horrible. That's a horrible experiment. Break it up. Right. But do they have to win this year? No. They can they can win it next year, and I'd still say that they are going to be dominant, and it's going to be whatever we're expecting to be. But you got to give, and James Harden hasn't even been there for a full season. Blake Griffin just got there, and Lamarcus Aldridge just got there. So think about how much that they have to work to gel together in the span of it's not even months anymore; it's weeks before the playoffs. Yeah, so I'm a slightly disagree because. James Harden in the first week, him and Kyrie Irving built chemistry because he said, hey, I'm going to go to the off guard because you're a better point guard. So with James Harden running the offense, the the Nets have been like a well-oiled machine anyway, okay? Now you throw Blake Griffin into the mix. 
Blake Griffin is actually fitting in with these guys as well, like an oil, well oil machine. Now keep in mind, James Harden and Blake Griffin play ball together in LA at UCLA or at Lifetime Fitness all the time in the offseason. They know each other, right? So that's why they've been doing well together without a KD. And now I'm interested to see where the ball is going to go when KD gets in, because we all know we saw him with Golden State. We saw him in Oklahoma. One of the reasons why he decided to leave was because he kind of felt like Russell Westbrook had the ball in his hands a little bit too much. So I'm looking, I'm going to see how it works out because there hasn't been, I think maybe one game where there's a Kyrie KD and James Harden. Right. So I'm looking to see how LaMarcus Aldrich fits into this equation, but I think he's going to come off the bench, but yes, I feel like it's going to be a bust because James Harden. The reason why I say that is because James Harden came to this team early enough for them to build chemistry, which they have, they've built chemistry. They had one of the best records in the NBA. Then Kyrie's been out. Congratulations on your baby. He just had a kid. So that's the real reason why he was out. So Kyrie came, you know, he went away. James Harden is still holding down the fort, which is the reason why he said I'm the MVP. But I kind of feel like if they don't win, it's not, I don't feel like it's the same situation as the LeBron James and the Heatles. And the reason why I don't feel that way is because LeBron James, for example, they didn't necessarily look besides LeBron James, not being, um, not being aggressive in those last two games of that series. If he's aggressive, if LeBron's a LeBron James in Cleveland when they beat the uh, the Golden State Warriors, now he had to learn to be that way, right? But I remember pulling, like, I, I was pulling out the size of my hair because LeBron wasn't driving to the ball. There, The actual one, I think the last plays, you can see he hangs up in the air and passes the ball, and he's right there at the rim, right? So I feel like if LeBron James is is playing aggressive like he we know him to play we're not talking about the dallas mavericks winning the championship right so that's the reason why i don't agree with that situation i i think that they could have won it that year he just wasn't aggressive enough the year that they lost against san antonio they just got beat by a better san antonio team and they beat up Dwayne wade that year people keep forgetting that year Dwayne wade was hurt okay which is the reason why lebron was like wait a minute I'm going to have to get the hell out of here because I got a Cleveland team. I already told them I'm going to help them win a championship. Now is the time they got a, they have some good draft picks. They have a great uh, point guard by the name of Kyrie Irving. I'm going to go there. That's the reason why he left Miami because he didn't know what D Wade was going to do. He didn't know D Wade was going to be hurt the next year. And he was trying to win championships. But I think that right now with them, I think it's, I think it's a bust if they don't win it. Um, now, I know that's contradictory of me because I do have the Lakers winning the championship again, right? But Vegas even has the Nets as the favorite. And if Vegas has you as the favorite, of course, you, it's going to be a bust. It's going to be a bust if they don't win. Just to kick back on this this Heat thing. It, yes, the Heat could have won in 2011. Mm-hmm. But the factor involved with that for me was egos. That's where LeBron made his adjustments. Mm-hmm. Okay? LeBron made his adjustments. He then took on a role 
as we know him today. Well, to actually, D Wade made the adjustment. He was the smart one and said, Hey, look, this is your team now. You're going to have to be the guy. I'm going to be the second guy. He right. He came out and said that. So it was actually D Wade that made that. Well, LeBron took it and he ran with it after that. Right. right? So he made the adjustments. He took ownership of the team on the floor, et cetera. And he became the floor general. Like he was great in his years in Cleveland before that. Yeah. He became more of a floor general after that, which is why it was as successful as it was, right? Yes, they ran into a Greg Popovich, Kawhi Leonard, Manu Ginobili, Tony Parker, Tim Duncan team, right? Which defense, we've always said defense wins championships and offense sells tickets. If the defense is there, you can hold them to X amount of points and your offense doesn't have to score shit as long as your defense stops the other team, right? Okay? So that was a factor that was a little bit different. The 2011 – and me holding that over LeBron's head because they should have won that. But to me, the egos, the ability of gelling together, it just, it hadn't been there yet. Now I'm not saying egos are a problem right now within, uh, within Brooklyn right now, because both James Harden and Kyrie Irving have made their adjustments. When I'm on the floor, it's this, when you're on the floor, it's this, when we're on the floor together, it's this cool. They're on the same page, but James Harden's already come out talking about I'm the MVP hands down. Mm -hmm. If you're the MVP hands down, you're sick. Sorry. I'm sorry. You just, we've talked about this on the last episode. You've got such a superstar studded cast around you now that you shouldn't even be in the talk of MVP, not even the top five. Like you, you're not as valuable as you could be to that team because you've got the ability of having a safety net in KD Kyrie Griffin, DeAndre Jordan, LaMarcus Aldridge, Joe Harris, all these people that are out there actually hooping. It takes pressure off of you. You just so, made my point, my man. You just named all these great players on their team. There's no way they should not win the championship this year. I agree, but they still have to be able to be on the same page, and sometimes that takes a little bit of time. I agree with that. That's my only point. And brother. And with that being said, I'm Dante Keller Woods. For my wonderful co-host, Michael Franz, and our beautiful mediator. And this is Take After the Take. Yes, sir.